Welcome everybody to another episode of Data Science at Home. We are at the end of the year and as last year, this is the time to give some predictions about data science and the question in this episode will be what should we expect from data science in 2017? Welcome to Data Science at Home, the podcast about data science for small companies and large enterprises. Data Science at Home is the show where we tell you the skills you need and the tools you can build at home. We are supported by World of Piggy, thinking human world in mathematical terms. Visit worldofpiggy.com or Twitter at World of Piggy. I personally believe that 2017 will be the year of deep learning technology for many reasons, some of which I will summarize in this episode. Deep learning technology is so bound to the concept of artificial intelligence in general that people are starting to refer to deep learning as artificial intelligence and vice versa. Of course, there is some progress in many fields from computer vision to speech recognition and natural language processing. Many other fields are ready to enjoy the powerful features of deep learning and intelligent software. So what is deep learning? As I usually say, deep learning is artificial neural networks back from the 80s, 90s, rebranded. Rebranded in a, in a sense that today these artificial neural networks can be much deeper than the neural networks we were used 20 years ago due to some hardware improvements, for instance, given by GPUs, due to huge amount of data, the big data phenomenon that, that is around us. And of course, a lot of progress in algorithms. Think about stochastic gradient descent and backpropagation, which are the two algorithms at the core of deep learning. In addition to this, there has been a lot of research out there. We see many companies, Google in premise, who are producing very interesting APIs and they are creating libraries that really everybody can use. I'm talking about things like TensorFlow that allow practitioners who know nothing about deep learning and after 10 days, two weeks of training, they can easily deploy their own artificial neural network if they have a decent GPU at home. So these are really great times for exploring new technologies, for trying these things at home and find something. If you, if you have the right data, this is the time to discover things from data. You don't need to be a large corporation to deploy such impressive models. The third reason is that practitioners are starting to believe that deep learning is not useful only to self-driving cars, for instance, but they can be applied across domains with the so-called knowledge transfer methods, which are very nice techniques that allow to train a neural network in a domain and export this model and therefore start predicting into another domain. The people are already doing these things with the natural language processing, where they are training neural networks on, on text that is available online. Think about uh, IMDB reviews or Hackers News and you know much larger corpora out there and then predict, you actually retune these networks in another domain, for instance, finance or social media, and then predict 
in these other domains where the network was not really trained. This is actually working very well and the results are impressive because there are domains with lack of data and they can still enjoy the powerful benefits of deep learning technology even without having this data at their disposal. Now the first expectation regarding deep learning and artificial intelligence was to create this super intelligence, so-called general artificial intelligence, which is a huge neural network that can eventually solve any problem. This was the expectation of decades ago. It still is. We are very far from there. This is not going to happen in 2017. I'm quite sure about this. And we are very far from general artificial intelligence. I think that the only possibility to give artificial intelligence a chance into the real world in this respect is to enhance traditional applications and services with artificial intelligence here and there. So in one year, what we will see is that the skeleton of these applications and services will stay the same and uh, there will be injection of artificial intelligence in these applications. Another alternative to lead research towards that general artificial intelligence expectation is to train specialized networks that solve very specific tasks. Many biologic systems, even the most complicated ones, work like that. That is, they do not have a super intelligence that controls everything. Rather, they have small compounds that solve very specific tasks. And this is happening already in, in nature, in biology. Even the Romans were solving problems that way. They summarized this strategy under the term divide tempera, which stands for divide and conquer, which basically means take a massive problem, which you will never solve all at once, break it into pieces, and therefore provide solutions to each of these pieces and then put all these things together and there you go, the problem is solved just by breaking it up into small pieces. As this is the most common strategy and I think also the most efficient strategy for an engineer, this will have consequences. And one is that we will have very specialized neural networks that can solve very specific tasks. And then we have to find a way to put these networks all together under under some kind of general, you know, more general model and therefore solve more complex tasks, will, which will be just an aggregation of these small intelligences. Are you stuck on a data science project? Need a boost on your data analytics pipeline? We provide high-quality technical consulting, design algorithms for big data and deep learning, to detect patterns and trends, extract knowledge, and support decisions within several commercial domains. Feel free to schedule a meeting with me from wordofpiggy.com services. So far, we have seen hardware progress dictating progress in software. Let me be more precise. Usually, we had more powerful software just because we had more powerful hardware. I'm recently seeing that things are going the other way around, that hardware progress is actually governed by software today. Think about NVIDIA or Intel and even Amazon at, at a higher level. All companies who are switching their product lines towards hardware that is more deep learning friendly. So I think that out there people understood the potential of deep learning 
and therefore they are supporting the deep learning community which is a software community delivering much more GPU power than in the previous years. On the same scale uh, software progress is also something that will change the scene of deep learning in 2017 due to a simple fact. Well, stochastic gradient descent and backpropagation are the two algorithms that allow function minimization within a neural network, which basically means they allow to train a neural network and the computational complexity basically depends on these two algorithms. And also the time that the neural network needs to be trained is essentially governed by how the stochastic gradient descent and backpropagation algorithms are efficient. As they are the core of deep learning and many other machine learning techniques, I really expect that new improvements will show up from there too. If not, many researchers I think they should consider investigating new methods of optimization that are more efficient in general, not just in computational terms, but also energy consumption. As these neural networks will be supported more and more by GPUs and they will be deeper and deeper, of course the next problem will be how much energy do they consume. And if we are not ready to algorithms that are energy efficient, together with hardware that is energy efficient, we will forget about deep learning at massive scale. My second thought is about socio-political implications of artificial intelligence. This is one part, one prediction that I really personally care of. Because in a previous episode, I mentioned that soon data scientists will disappear as they will be completely automated, as there will be more and more precise algorithms that will be, that will be predicting with much higher accuracy and they will be more stable and therefore they will make the job of the data science easier on one side but also more useless on the other because they can be perfectly substituting uh, data scientists all over the world. Now, I still agree with that conclusion, with a not so small condition, however. For instance, I do not think this is going to happen tomorrow due to the fact that human beings are not ready to delegate to a machine some of the critical tasks they we are coping with. If there will be bureaucracy to ask an algorithm to drive a car to the airport, there will be even more bureaucracy to ask the same algorithm to give us the prognosis for, let's say, a cancer patient. We are not ready for that, not because of lack of technology, rather the need to blame a physical or institution or person for their mistakes. Who's going to be responsible in case of mistakes or malfunctioning of a self-driving car? So in that respect, I want to cool down many data, sciences, uh, data scientists out there. Guys, you will not lose any job, at least not in 2017. This is not going to happen as we are not ready to delegate fully to a machine, even the least critical task, actually. So we still prefer to keep control until a trained algorithm will do the task better than us and definitely cheaper. And even if this happens in 2017, does not necessarily mean that we are losing jobs. Another option, for instance, would be that we as researchers and humans will focus on other aspects or just other tasks that machines cannot solve. To reinforce this statement, I want to mention the fact that artificial intelligence today can be fooled 
pretty pretty easily and i want to talk about adversarial examples that have been provided by PaperNot and Kurakin in 2016. There are two very interesting papers that are reported in the show notes. They made a, a deep neural network that could classify images, and then they tried to fool this network by changing some pixels here and there. A really tiny fraction of pixel got changed to fool the classifier. As a result, the neural network was delivering predictions that were completely wrong, but the image itself was not dramatically changed. So the human eye could really not detect any visual change in the image. So this is a clear example of how weak a neural classifier can be in some situations. As a matter of fact, big data is more and more available and uh, cheaper to collect and to store. Big data solutions that were quite premature some years ago will become more a necessity in 2017 and in the years beyond. This will bring new products and of course new hardware solutions not only for small enterprise but also for home computing. The major consequence that I foresee within the deep learning arena is that if more and more data is a correct assumption it will basically kill unsupervised learning, which is already quite bad at the moment. Now, I don't expect it to come back anytime soon, but the trend is that data will be more and more available and unsupervised learning and pre-tuning that was actually supposed to support deep learning with few observations will stop making sense. There are actually much better techniques to cope with small data set, one of which is knowledge transfer. And now, more a personal wish rather than a prediction, even though things are also moving there at a slower pace with respect to other domains, healthcare industry. I think that 2017 will be the year of deep learning in healthcare. And uh, we already have healthcare industry that is partially led by data science and data scientists. And many healthcare startups are using data science today to move closer to personalized medicine and using artificial intelligence to examine images, think about x-rays or functional MRIs in order to diagnose problems quickly and accurately using deep learning, convolutional neural networks and artificial intelligence more as a medical device rather than a computational prediction. Data science has been, well, has been already invaluable in improving outcomes of epidemics, predicting patient behaviors. If we remember well, 2015 data scientists helped to predict the West Nile virus outbreaks in the United States. They reached something like 85% accuracy. Even earlier this year, another team of scientists developed a model that can predict the likelihood of bats carrying Ebola virus. So all of these are examples where machine learning and artificial intelligence is already in action in uh, in the healthcare industry. Therefore, we should all expect data science usage in the healthcare industry to grow even more as healthcare professionals look for ways to improve day-to-day -day needs and of course, save lives. So in order to bring the technology that has proved already to be effective in domains like social media and finance, I personally believe that figures living at the border between healthcare and uh, the technology itself will make a difference here. Since these people, in my opinion, will be essential to 
bridge that gap between these two worlds that really seem they are speaking very different languages. The major reason why artificial intelligence has not taken over the healthcare is because there are a lot of critical tasks in there that are pretty much surrounded by bureaucracy, of course, and responsibilities that is very difficult to transfer. The same scenario for self-driving cars where, as I said before, do not have a technological gap per se, but rather a bureaucratic one, namely who's going to pay the eventual damage inflicted by an artificial intelligence that goes mistaken and drives over a pedestrian or another car, the same will happen and is happening in healthcare. I find kind of an equivalent environment in which, indeed, who's going to pay for the wrong prognosis of an artificial intelligence that is known to be wrong 5% of the times. Now, when these technologies scale to millions, we should expect 5% of millions to go wrong. Therefore, thousands of people will get misleading predictions. Not that this does not happen already with human intervention, but the problem will be, are we ready to abandon the idea that there is always someone to blame when things do not work? To conclude, 2017 will be the year of deep learning at one condition. Practitioners and people from the business should become aware of this technology. So our task as researchers will have to be to educate the folks from the business that this technology is indeed a game changer. This is partially happening with the number of benchmarks that are usually provided within the literature, but that's not enough. I do not believe that there would be adoption of deep learning on a massive scale for, let's say, detecting Alzheimer's disease if a neural network has been benchmarked on ImageNet or digital recognition tasks or any other standard benchmark used in a, in a paper. In order to establish deep learning in the industry, especially for very well consolidated domains like finance or healthcare, we should show how this technology performs there on their data. And how can we do that if they don't give us the chance to put deep learning to the test? As always, this is the chicken and the egg problem, and we have to break this habit. So I think that 2017 will not only be the year for deep learning, but it will also be the year of awareness. Deep learning, as any technology out there, needs consolidation, needs to be digested by those people who are going to push the technology even farther, first by adopting it, putting it to the test, and therefore massively scale in their organizations. Okay, that's all for today and for 2016 as we are taking a break and we will be back in January with more episodes and really interesting stuff in artificial intelligence. I would like to thank all of you. I wish I could do it one by one as in 2016 Data Science at Home was downloaded more than 100,000 times. I really didn't expect so much. This is just amazing and really motivates me so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I wish you a great time with families and friends this Christmas break. Enjoy life, always smile, life is great, stay tuned. Data Science at Home is the show where we tell you the skills you need and the tools you can build at home. We are supported by World of Piggy, thinking new more worlds in mathematical terms. Visit worldofpiggy.com or Twitter at worldofpiggy.
Hey, if you like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes and help this podcast reach more ears. So tell your friends and colleagues that we exist. We will really appreciate the show then give us some support anything of your choice even one dollar maybe three okay even three or five all right five or anything you want you can make a paypal donation by clicking the yellow button at the end of each post we will really appreciate it